What is going on, fellow streamers? Welcome in to the final episode of Streamer Season for 2021. It's a Book of Boba Fett review episode. Book of Boba Fett is here. It's KB and Dylan coming at you from Underground Studios. We've got our Book of Boba Fett episode run review on the docket. We've got news and notes around the streaming uh, platform Multiverse. And then, of course, you saw it on the Tweeter machine. Dylan and I are going to dive into our top 10 most anticipated streaming platform projects along with a couple theories and things we want to see happen in 2022. And we also have the list from the man, the myth, the legend himself, our movie expert connoisseur, <laughs> the Wiz Christian Wisniewski, the legend. Hey. Legend has it. Uh, his blog with all of his top 10s will be up on the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com tonight and tweet it out tomorrow it'll be available go to the website check it out he's got a lot of fun projects on here that i'm sure you and i dylan will be diving into in 2022 but before we get into our book of boba fett review uh hashtag bars big shout out to the sponsors who make this show happen tomahawk shades the best small batch eyewear in the game you guys can go to tomahawkshades.com use our promo code usp at checkout it works on the sunglasses the blue light glasses all that good stuff TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP, gets you 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, get the new and non-carbonated vodka iced teas at StatesideVodka.com. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. I'm making sure I'm not lagging here. No, I think you're good. Okay, cool. It looked it like sounds good on my second. end. Uh, and of course, Kenwood beer, the beer that doesn't make you lag Kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap in the Philadelphia area. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. Dylan, the book of Boba Fett is here. It's our first star Wars project in over a year. And yeah, it's, it's been forever. It's very fitting because our first like episode by episode breakdown on this podcast started with the Mandalorian season two. I was getting the Facebook updates and everything of us. Oh, here's the new pod, like, you know, new Mandalorian pods. We were pumping this out. And now we're back with Star Wars content. You always remember your roots. Uh, yes, sir. Everyone knows we're big Marvel fans, but we're also big Star Wars fans. And it's very fun to have another Star Wars project with a lot of familiar faces on board in creating this project. Robert Rodriguez obviously having his fingerprints and a cameo in this episode. Um all over i don't know if you know the cameo but i i picked no, up on that um so we're gonna get into our book of boba fett episode one review uh it's the live action tv series which we saw the teaser for at the end of the mandalorian season two and um debuted today as we record this on the 29th and uh dylan i think this show is going to be a lot a lot a lot of fun I think so too. I mean, we we start off with probably. I mean, there was a book at one point, I believe, but when Disney bought Star Wars, it was no longer canonized. Um, we finally see how our guy got out of the giant pit. I mean, that's literally how the show opens up. You're like, you're like, oh well, I guess that makes sense. Um, R.I.P. that stormtrooper, but he wasn't that important, so it's all right. Yeah, so this episode is titled Stranger in a Strange Land, and I couldn't help but hear the Stranger Things theme song play in my head when I saw the I, title. I knew you were going to say something about that when we hopped on. And uh, 
very fun and i we said this before we started recording this episode gave me big vibes of the mandalorian season two episode one where it's very world building kind of setting the tone for this season and big fan of it and it kicks off with the the age-old question that everybody wanted to know uh it opens with a landscape shot of the surroundings of the late jabba the hut and his palace on tatooine several interior shots are captured including uh, the Barbican, Jabba's throne room, and the empty band stage. In a separate chamber, Boba Fett is submerged inside a Bakta tank. He experiences flashbacks of watery Camino and Tipoca City, uh, followed by a grieving Boba cradling the helmet of his fallen father, Jango Fett. Uh, Mace Windu rumor confirmed now? Hey, I... I would like to see it. I mean, I'm gonna go on the record. I was, I had this is my, this is probably further out than last Mandalorian, but I think my prediction is that we get a cameo or an Easter egg uh, of hinting that Mace Windu is still alive. I would love that. That would be electric. I love, I love slinging the theories this early because if we get it in episode two, like we did the last time we did this, I will lose my shit. I think uh, that would be like an episode seven thing, but. Nonetheless, yeah, totally. I wanted to get that out right away. Love it. It's on the minutes. record. You heard it on here. Streamer season, bringing it first. If Mace Windu's here, please credit us. Um, I mean, the flashbacks automatically to Django Fett and everything. I was like, is this a Marvel show? Are we grieving all of 2021? Because yeah. <laughs> getting that flashback was very cool for the, the story of Boba Fett. But I was like, oh, right in the heartstrings. Um and then in another flashback, Boba Fett struggles within the digestive system of the Sarlacc, turning on uh, an inbuilt sensor inside his helmet. He sees the remains of a stormtrooper. Uh, Boba Fett retrieves an oxygen unit from the stormtrooper's armor before punching a hole through the Sarlacc's gut. He then fires a flamethrower, which was a big fan theory. Like, is this going to be, you know, the way he gets out? And that's exactly how it was, which was also cool because we saw Mando obviously have a flamethrower with his armor. Uh, so very cool to see both of them having flamethrowers. Boba Fett then climbs out of the Sarlacc onto the sands of the Great Pit of Carcoon, which is littered with the wreckage of Jabba's sail barge, Kitana. A weakened Fett climbs out of the pit and lies on the desert floor. Later that night, Fett is discovered by a party of Jawas who... I have to go on the record here. I fucking hate Jawas. I think we all do. Um, it's, it's one of like it's one of the like indigenous like species in in, in Star Wars that like when they get killed, I'm just like eh, yeah, they are rats. <laughs> uh, I can't stand them. They strip the armor from his body. They also take his jetpack, uh, which obviously we saw how that all went down. Uh, in the Mandalorian with them having, you know, the armor and everything. Um, Fett awakes, but one of the Jawas knocks him unconscious with a blaster. The Jawas return to their sand crawler. Um, and then we go to the following day, a group of Tusken Raiders who we saw Boba in episode one, kind of chilling with the Tusken Raiders, had that Tusken Raider outfit on as well. Uh, they stumble upon the unconscious Boba Fett. One of them turns him over with a, with the, uh, uh, what is it, Gatterfill stick? Yeah, um, yeah, I believe that's what it's called, yes. Seeing the burnt and weakened Fett, they bind his hands with a rope. One of the Tuscans give him a drink from a guard. The Tuscans ride back to their clan. With Boba Fett bound behind uh, on a bantha, Fett is forced to walk through the desert heat and sand and eventually collapses from exhaustion. They drag him through the sands 
to their encampment. And I was like, these motherfuckers. Uh, yeah, dude, that was not. I mean, I, I actually, when I was watching that, I was like, it, it might have been easier to let, let them drag him from the start on his back. Right. I know it might be uncomfortable, but he's saving his energy that way. Uh, Fett is bound to a wooden post and guarded by Tuscan sentries. Several adolescent Tuscans beat him with the the uh, Gatterfill sticks. They have like mini ones, though. Yeah, kids. it's like nunchucks, knocking him unconscious. That night, Fett awakens at his post, seated nearby as a captive captive Rodian with red skin. Uh, those motherfuckers are never good news. Uh, that's like for everybody at home. That's like the Greedo looking alien they're, uh, never, they're never good guys really no scumbags uh the Pretty two much. watch a nearby fire where a massive rests fett struggles with his ropes which draws the attention of the massive the massive lunges at fett and a fight breaks out he knocks out the beast and uses its sharp teeth to cut his bonds fett asks the rodian if he wants to cut hit if he wants him to cut his bonds a tuscan sentry intervenes but fett overpowers him knocking the gaffordil stick from his hands, the Rodian cries, alerting the rest of the Tuscan alerting the rest of the Tuscan clan. Fett flees into the desert with the massive and hot pursuit. Uh, I just wanted to play the cops theme song when this was all happening. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. I mean, my man was out. Boba boys, Boba boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when the Tuscans come for you? Um, in the sand. <laughs> my sand, my dune. Uh, the creature catches up with him and he fights it with the stolen Gaffordil stick. Uh, the Tuscans catch him and watch the beast returns to its Tuscan masters. A showdown between the Tuscans and Fett ensues. One of the Tuscans approach him with that Gaffordil stick. Uh, and then after sizing each other up, the two break out into a duel. The Tuscan knocks Fett to the ground, but Fett rises to his feet and fights back. The Tuscan knocks him down a second time, but Fett is still determined to continue the fight. The Tuscan beats him repeatedly. The other Tuscan raiders surround him uh, with one kicking him to the ground, and Fett slips into unconsciousness. I thought he was about to get beaten to a gang right there. Right? He was getting jumped in. I was like, all right, bro, he's about to get hit. And uh, then we get to present day, uh, which I, I really am enjoying because of the lore of the character of Boba Fett. I really am going, if, if it continues this way, to have the flashback route for Boba Fett to learn where the hell he was, how the hell he got to this point, and to where he is present day from where we saw him at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's letting us know how the hell he came to how we saw him. Mm -hmm. So then in the present day, Boba Fett's wake, uh, woken up by Fennec Shand, who Ming-Na Wen is a freaking rock star, man. She's so good in like anything she does. That's facts. No printer. So Fett wakes up and uh, suspends his healing session. The Bakta tank's doors open and he climbs out of the machine. As a droid fetches him a towel, Fett tells Shand that the dreams are coming back. Shand reminds him that they are expecting guests who have come to pay their respect. Droids dress Fett in his Mandalorian armor. Fett dons the helmet himself. And then in Jabba's former throne room, an Aqualish delegate uh, speaks in the Aqualish language and presents a box of credit chips. The droid 8D8 retrieves the yes. chips. Uh, and when Fett asks the Aqualish what the Aqualish said, Shand explains that he said something about friendship and Fett says they really need a protocol droid. Uh, 88 presents Doc Strassi 
who was that lizard-looking dude? Yeah, I thought it was Bosk for a second. So Doc Strassi Dylan is the cameo by Robert Rodriguez. Mm. I thought it was like I thought it was a reference that we we're gonna see Bosk apparently. Yeah, like, no, you're not Bosk. <laughs> you a fake, but yeah, Doc Strassi was uh, voiced by Robert Rodriguez and potentially played by him. Uh, don't know how if they CGI'd that or if that was actual, you know, costume. Um, but it is credited on IMDb as Robert Rodriguez, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, he's the leader of the Trandoshan family and the protectors of Mos Espa's city center and its business territories. Fett recalls that he used to work for Doc. Doc addresses Fett as the new uh, Daimyo, I believe is how it was uh, yeah, said. I believe it was how, what he said. Uh, Fett says that it is a pleasure to be welcomed to Mos Espa by Doc, who presents 8D8 with a rug. Doc wishes that Fett may never leave Mos Espa before walking away. Fett confides with Shan that uh, the Trandoshan's compliment sounds like a threat. It's the way they talk. They have like a, like a sinister like, Yeah. Like almost like a, like a snake. Yeah, it's like when, when, and when you like saw Bosk in the Clone Wars, like he doesn't sound very like positive or happy. Mm -hmm. So sounds very parcel tongue for the Harry Potter fans out there. Yeah, yeah. That's a good that's a good comp. Um the next guest is Mok Shies, the mayor of Mos Espa and its surrounding uh plateaus. Mok corrects that he is the mayor's Mojo Dormo. What a what a title. Um yeah, I kind of want to be that title Mojo Dormo. <laughs> I am Mojo Dormo. <laughs> sounds like a dancer or something. Right? Shand recalls that the mayor was coming to pay tribute. Mock apologizes for the understandable misunderstanding in the mayor's correspondence. Fett extends his greetings and appreciation for the mayor's tribute. Mock clarifies that this was another understandable misunderstanding and says that the only tribute that he bears is the mayor's heartfelt welcome, which he expresses in his stead. When Shand asks if he brings no tribute, Mock reiterates the mayor's heartfelt welcome and claims that he has been drawn away by pressing matters. Shand warns Mock that if he had showed the same insolence to the late Jabba the Hutt, he would have fed him to his menagerie. Mock apologizes. Fett tells Mock to tell the mayor that he is here now. Mock replies that he knows and raises the matter of tribute. Shand explains uh, to Boba Fett that the mayor wants Fett to pay him. Fett replies that he is the crime lord. And that the mayor of Mos Espa is supposed to pay him. What a line. I saw a screenshot when I was scrolling through the hashtag on Twitter after I watched the episode this morning and found that. It's like, I'm the crime lord. He's supposed to pay me. And that will be being used by me on social media forever. Because what a line. It's a great line. It's also, uh, give give our dude some credit. My man's got some major gahonies to go up to Boa Fett. The company and be like, yeah. Um, so you're gonna pay me and my boss, um, right? And you get direct foreshadowing with him because he says, "Don't be surprised if you get a delegation or whatever." He said another meeting shortly, and uh, but with that, meet some people later on in the episode that I'm almost positive was sent by the mayor. So, oh, a hundred percent. Um, and Mock Shies was. The character was one of two who was voiced by co-showrunner and director Robert Rodriguez. Um, the mayor's voiceover was first heard in the series trailer. So, yeah, more Robert Rodriguez uh, inclusion nice. there. Um, but, yeah, when he said, I'm the crime, it was like 
freaking Captain Phillips. Look at me. I'm the crime lord now. Uh, so that was an awesome line. Already love that off the bat. Shand, uh, so then, you know, the mayor of Mas Vespa is supposed to pay him. Shand wants to kill him, but Fett disagrees, saying that Mock works for the mayor. Shand tells Mock that Lord Fett allows him to leave unmolested. What a line for a Disney yeah. show. Um, <laughs> I was like, ooh, okay. We're getting a little, a little testy here. Uh, Mock apologizes and says that he will convey Fett's sentiment to the mayor. Mock warns Fett and Shan that they will receive another delegation in the future. Fett tells Shan to keep an eye on Mock. 8D8 then had an unidentified character bring in two Gamorrean prisoners uh, who had served Jabba and then transferred their allegiance to the late Bib Fortuna. They did not surrender even after their patron was killed. 8D8 says that they were captured alive as a tribute to Fett and says that their tortured squeals will send a message to potential challengers to his throne. Fett says he does not torture. 8D8 counsels his master to show strength in order to win acceptance as a Daimo. Um, complimenting their loyalty to their previous bosses, Fett offers to spare their lives, uh, spare the lives of the Gamorians if they were to serve him. The Gamorians bend the knee and submit to Fett. Shand warns him that this is a quote bad idea. Uh, can confirm it is not a bad idea. Yeah, oh, so, so far. <laughs> Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you already more of a last know. I think that's how it always goes. Like, like 45 minutes, and we're at like Chelsea. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Uh, so then we have a trip to Mas Espa where Fett and Shan later travel with their two new Gamorrean bodyguards to Mas Espa. Shan chides Fett for not letting them carry him on a litter. Uh, and Fett says that he doesn't want to be carried around like a useless noble. And then Fennec Shan explains that this is a sign of power and that the people of Mas Espa are used to seeing the huts being paraded around the streets. Shan says that uh, things would have gone a lot smoother if he had accepted their ways. I also like that they said huts and used it as a plural, very Clone Wars-esque. Well, uh, there's, there's a bunch of them. Right, which you and I really want that mafioso Sopranos hut show to eventually happen at some point. That'd be sick. Just just don't don't have the one in the Clone Wars. His voice makes me... Oh, hey, Jabba! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's like a big baby. Uh, at a cantina, we get Max Rebo back. Max Rebo, baby. 
uh, an Abyss musician perform. That song was a bangy, by the way. I was jamming when that was on. Uh, Fett and Chan enter the bar with their Gamorrean bodyguards. An astromech droid asks if they're here for drinks, and then Fennec Shan replies that they're here for business with Madame Garza Fwip. Uh, tw- uh, is it Twi'lex? Uh, ask if Twi'lex, Twi'lex, the Twi'lex series, uh, the Twi'lex no, zone. It's not that. Get Lee Patterson out of this. Uh, ask if they would like their helmets cleaned while they wait for Garza. Shan declines, but Fett allows them to take both of their helmets in order to accept their ways, which I felt was very like dumb. I thought it was dumb too, but we learned that it was not dumb. Well, I guess technically it was. It ends up being ill-advised but Mm -hmm. um when they clean the helmets they leave a little reward in there yeah you know uh madam garza flip what a name flip 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 uh turns out to be a female twi'lek with olive skin she welcomes them to the sanctuary which i was looking up who plays this character it's a girl from flash woman from flash dance right or something flash dance and i think if I'm not mistaken, she's the girl from Taken. The one, the one who gets grabbed? Yeah. Oh, shit. If I'm not mistaken, I'm going to pull this up here. So her dad's got a very particular set of skills. <laughs> um, Let's see. Cast. IMDB. Uh, it might be her, right? Because I, I was looking her up because I was like, she looks like really familiar. Um and let's see yeah jennifer beals so let's type in her name here she is she might be the mom now that ah the mother taken oh no it was the taken tv show different thing she was also in the book of eli though she was yeah Yeah. but yeah flash dance is she was in flash dance um whole lot of movies she was in i was like she looks really familiar um but she's playing the old character there uh garza flip and uh so she welcomes them to the sanctuary and asks if they would like uh any of their sundry offerings Fett says maybe another time and gets down to business to defeat the Hun yeah. uh, or the Hut. Uh, Let's get down to business <laughs> to defeat the Hut. Uh, yes. Garza asks if he would like his Gamorrean guards to be given refreshments while they are sequestered. Fett replies that it won't take long and uh, they can do everything right here. Fett introduces his master assassin Fennec Shan and explains that he has replaced Bib Fortuna. Garza apologizes that she did not see his litter, prompting Fett to say that he prefers to walk on his own two feet. Fett explains that he is here to introduce himself and reassures her that her business will continue under his watchful eye. Garza thanks him for traveling to the sanctuary and says that he is always welcome, granting Fett ownership. The Twi'lek attendants return with their helmets, uh, with Shan remarking that Fett's helmet looks shinier than hers, being full of credits. While departing the sanctuary, Fett tells Shan that Jabba had many vassals uh, and that they have a a lot of ground to cover to keep his empire intact. Shan offers to cover rounds 
on her own, saying that Jabba rarely left his chambers. Boba Fett replies that Jabba ruled with fear, and while he intends to rule by respect, we've heard that line in the trailer. trailer. Which apparently, the trailer only shows parts, like, half of this episode. Everything else we're going to see from here on out is new, which I'm very excited about. No, I'm all, that's awesome. Um, Shand counters that in difficult times, fear is a surer bet. And then we get to the ambush, Dylan. Uh, two, the two are then ambushed by six crimson-clad figured ar- uh, figures armed with stun batons and energy shields who surround them. Fett instinctively fires a rocket, whose blast is deflected back by an energy shield, knocking both helmets loose. The credits in Fett's helmet fly everywhere and get picked up by bystanders. By a Jawa! You dirty rats. You you motherfucking gobba ghouls. How am I going to start a Jawa extermination business, (laughs) baby? A fight ensues with Fett and Shan barely holding their own before the Gamorreans come in to their aid, breaking the circle created by the ambushers and providing the respite uh, Fett and Shan need to regain their balance and the upper hand. Together, they dispatch three of the attackers, leading to the other two, uh, leading the other three to attempt uh, an escape. Fett fires a rocket at one, disintegrating and partially blowing up a rooftop the other two had climbed uh to the rooftops ahead of their disintegrated compatriot uh and are chased by fennec shand who retrieves her helmet on the way to the wall as she reaches the rooftop boba fett tells her to capture them alive before telling the gamorians to get him back to the back to pod and i loved that detail because you knew there was two of them so you're already thinking, you're like, well, one of you sad, sad fucks that's not going to live. <laughs> and then we get the scene awesome, as Michael Scott would say, parkour. Yes, it was very American Ninja Warrior. Uh, so Fennec Shan chases the two survivors across the rooftops, all performing feats of acrobatics and athleticism. She finally reaches them, but is forced to dive off a rooftop to escape a counterattack, allowing the two to continue their escape. As they round a corner, they come face-to-face with Shan, who has gained the lead. She disarms the two before knocking one of them off the rooftop to his death and capturing the other. Uh, then we get another sort of flashback attempt uh, following the assassination attempt. Fett is put into the Bakta tank by one of the Gamorians, where he experiences another flashback into the past following the rescue of Han Solo. Uh, following his unsuccessful escape attempt, Fett is woken up by a young Tuscan and led away by his bound hands. With his feet chained to the captive Rodian, who follows together with a domesticated massive, they trek across the desert and make a slight detour after seeing smoke. They peer over a sand dune, my sand, my dune, uh, <laughs> to see a homestead with several beings uh, beating a man, painting a symbol on the walls of their homestead before getting on speeder bikes and riding off. Did you know what those symbols were by any chance? No. Is they reference? looked brand new to me. I didn't know if it was like a reference to the Bad Batch or something, but yeah. as far as I'm concerned, I'm in the dark as well. Uh, moving on, the trio come to a stop where the Tuscan gestures for the two captives to dig, searching for a gourd filled with liquid, a source of water. The Rodian finds one before Fett, who takes a drink. Fett soon finds one for himself. Before he can drink, the Tuscan child takes the gourd from Fett, pouring it out on uh, for the massive to drink with some spilling onto the dry sands of Tatooine. I was like, what are we watching? Holes? I, yo, our brains. I said the same thing. <laughs> you need to carry Madame Boba Fett up the mountain. 
Um, (laughs) Continuing to dig for the gourds, Boba Fett tells the Rodian that they could have escaped had he kept his snout closed. Uh, Fett says that he can get to Anchorhead uh, and he can get them off world. Fett grumbles about strangling the Rodian and keeping him uh, to the watchdog. The Rodian returns an insult in Rodian, which Fett can understand, which is very similar to Mando being able to understand Tusken Raider. Yeah, I mean, well, because you got to think Fett has worked with other bounty hunters who are not of the same species, Mm -hmm. so he's able to speak other languages. So while continuing their dig, the Rodian discovers a large, scaly mass under the sands. Excavating the mass, it stirs to live... uh, it reveals a large three-clawed hand grabbing the Rodian's arm. More arms come out of the sand before the entire beast reveals itself as a six-legged reptile. And I said, holy shit, it's Godzilla. I didn't say that. I just said to myself, is Tatooine, Australia? Is it the place <laughs> don't want to fucking live? There's so That's many incredible. things that will kill you on this goddamn planet. You have a crime sitting in kits. For a while, you had the Empire. It was a bounty hunter haven. You have the Tusken Raiders who will sell you into slavery, <laughs> a.k.a. Anakin and his mama. Um, you can be forced to have the pod race. Like, who wants to do that? <laughs> and then there's monsters that lay under the sand. There also is a Sarlacc pit. It's terrifying. Yeah. And also, it's just it's a desert. You can die in a desert with lack right? of water. Uh, so we get that big Godzilla creature. And uh, it's standing on its hind legs. That boy had a fat ass, too. Uh, <laughs> grabbing the captives, and the creature confirm, starts... <laughs> the monster is thick with two Cs. Thick boy high. winter, baby. Uh, it starts attacking when the massive counterattacking before being thrown away by the creature, which then kills the Rodian. Fett is held up, and the Tuscan stabs the creature's foot, resulting in the creature throwing Boba Fett and hitting the Tuscan, causing him to... Uh, hurtle onto the sands. The creature turns from Boba Fett and goes after the Tuscan adolescent. However, Fett runs up the creature's back and wraps the chains around its neck and asphyxiates the creature. Fett's actions earn him the respect of the adolescent Tuscan. The Tuscan, Fett, and the Mastiff return to the Tuscan camp with the creature's head as a trophy. Yeah, except were... that little asshole was trying to act like he killed it. Right, what an asshole. Uh, their return sparks a celebration among the Tuscan clan with the adolescent Tuscan uh, regaling his people with stories of the battle with the reptilian creature. The leader of the camp wordlessly hands Fett a gourd of, out of gratitude, which he drinks, and then we cut to the credits. And yeah, it's I interpreted very... that scene as like the elder knew mm-hmm. that, Fett, that Fett did that. So he was like, here, you earn this. Like, and that's how I think it leads to Boba getting the Tuscan Raider garb that we saw in The Mandalorian. Yeah, that's how he probably learned how to fight like them, too. And yeah. use, their, use their staff. And then we cut to the credits, which are very Mandalorian-esque, and I love the credits of these shows that show like all the artwork and the storyboarding and stuff. I think it's really cool. Yeah, um, I enjoyed that as well. It was a good episode. Good, like we said, world-building episode, tone-setting episode, really gets you like into the vibe of what this show is really going to be about. Yeah, I mean, that's I can't say anything more than that. It just kind of opens up a new chapter, and we get some flashbacks of Boba Fett in a time period that we've already seen, but we haven't seen from his point of view. So it's interesting to see how he dealt with everything and how he came to where he is now. 
Um, which is which is cool. And we're learning that he also is very damaged. I'm assuming from the Scarlack Pit because there's like acid in there. Mm-hmm. So he has to often. I mean, he looked really messed up because of that and the, the desert. So I'm assuming that's why he goes in the back to tank because he's trying to uh, rejuvenate himself and heal himself. Which I want to know what a back to tank feels like. I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah. It like, seems like a hyperbaric chamber almost. To to quote the young generation, that shit probably bussing. That thing bussing, bussing. I think I think bussing. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and I think I think like I said earlier, if they continue down the road of diving more into like the flashbacks along with present day, I'm really gonna like the route of of this show to really like build up where Boba was, these flashbacks, the PTSD, the trauma that he went through, and then now present day, he's ruling over you know this land that he once you know walked amongst all these other bounty hunters and stuff. I, I think the yeah. show has a lot of potential to like be really good where it's a show that I think a lot of people forgot it was happening because Mandalorian season two happened a year ago and we got so much Marvel content in between that people just forgot that this was happening and didn't really have any sort of expectation for it. I'm also curious just to see a character essentially be rewritten because Boba Fett canonically and not canonically and all the illustrations is a ruthless uh, mercenary bounty hunter, and he often would be hired, which is canon, often be hired mm-hmm. by Darth Vader because of how um, established and how effective he was at getting the target or getting what he wanted. So, like, we have to remember that by no by no means is Boba Fett a good person. Um, so I don't know if you're going to get, like, a, a redeeming arc, or I don't know if you're going to, like, potentially see him realize that like what his partner is saying that fear is the only motivator for the crime empire like maybe he has to go back closer to his former self mm-hmm. or does he keep up with this high road of like trying to be more respectful because i mean he, he went through enough experiences i'm not downplaying it like being in a pit totally. of a giant demogorgon and then being slaved almost by desert people and then beating the shit out of and then having to murk a bunch of stormtroopers with a stick and then losing your armor, like, you know, that obviously humbles you. And he lost his dad many years ago, so he's obviously going to feel differently. But my point is, whether he knows it or not, the the ruthless killer for money is still there somewhere. 100%. And, you know, it's Robert Rodriguez who directed all of the Boba Fett, like, action episodes of Mandalorian Season 2. This episode was written by... Our, our pride and joy, John Favreau, um, who just continues to crush all of these. And, I mean, uh, Robert Rodriguez directed two additional episodes of this series. Uh, John Favreau, Bryce Dallas Howard, who did the Bo-Katan episode of The Mandalorian, Season 2. Uh, Dave Filoni, St- uh, Steph Green, and Kevin Tankarori? Tan- Tankarian? Apologize if I mispronounced that. Uh, he, right. he was on the, the helm of the Mortal Kombat movie. Um, they were also reported to have directed episodes. So we got, we got a loaded cast of directors as well. Um, I think this episode was dope. Like, like we said, it's, it's a slower episode because they're world building. They're, they're preparing you for what's to come. And I like that about the Star Wars shows where they, they don't necessarily like jump right into the action. They're giving you a, a chance to really feel out what this show is going to bring to the table, and it's giving you like breadcrumbs. 
So that way you come back and it's like, okay, what the hell is going to come next? And then, boom, they smack you right in the mouth with a ton of action. And that's exactly what Robert Rodriguez is all about with anything he's ever worked on. So I, I really like the pace of this episode. I thought it was a really good intro back into the Star Wars universe in live action for the first time in over a year. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited for where the Book of Boba Fett's going to go. And I think Tamira Morrison and Ming-Na Wen proved alone in this episode that they can carry a series as a duo. I'm perfectly okay with this, and I am excited to see where it goes. I ultimately just think we're going to see him try to stay on this path of respectfulness, but he may have to get his hands dirty to get what he wants. So as we always do, Dylan, our Book of Boba Fett Episode 1 review, it's brought to you by our friends at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com now. Start building your fan profiles by placing prop bets on the hottest headlines in sports. It's free to play. Anybody can play. You rack up points on your fan profile. You cash them in for prizes. Go to playpickup.com now and start playing those hot headlines. Hell yeah. Dylan, your Book of Boba Fett Episode 1 rating is going to be... Drum roll, everyone. Um, I'm going to go with an 8.9. Wow. It's pretty high. Um, I think it was good. I just think the questions that answered were something that we all wanted. And it's just exciting to see this iconic character um, turn it into a new leaf, potentially, but maybe not. And the fact that there's like a 5% chance I might see my boy Mace Windu again. We're going to have to have a kingpin uh, ring thing, but for Mace Windu. Right. <laughs> we'll have a, like a, a purple meter or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, as I walked through this episode again, I was going to go in a little bit lower, but I, I think I'm going to give it a, a few ticks higher. I think I'm going to go 8-1. All right. I, I think it was a solid, really good world-building episode. The flashbacks, I think, are going to be fun to follow along with. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're not going to go super high on the rating, it, you know, and be like, oh, it was a 9-8, it was a 10, it was perfect. Nothing's perfect. But it was a perfect, like, tone setter, and I liked that a lot. It was fun. A perfect way to get back into the Star Wars universe. So Dylan goes 8-9, I go 8-1 overall. That puts us at what? Uh, let's do some quick math here. That's me. Uh, that's a total of 17 divided by two. It's an eight, five across the board from us. So not too shabby for an opening episode. Uh, and that's the book of Boba Fett. And we'll be doing these for the next six weeks after this episode too. So that's very exciting. So all the way through February and into the new year, the book of Boba Fett will be traveling along with us. Dylan, uh, not too much has popped off in the streaming platform multiverse, uh, but a couple fun quotes that have come across the board and some interviews from people, and uh, one stands out to me because I think you'll enjoy it, uh, and the Game of Thrones fans will enjoy it. Peter Dinklage in an, an interview with uh, the New York Times on the Game of Thrones backlash, quote, it's fiction, there's dragons in it, move on. Love it. I love. I, I, I think love it's Peter great. Dinklage. He's a great. He's a great guy. Great actor, and it's fun. It's fun seeing him say stuff like that. It's it's awesome. It's like get a grip, move on. It's it's been two years now, almost since Game of Thrones ended. So I mean, like almost three, actually, if I'm not mistaken. So like, move on. We're gonna get a new Game of Thrones series, which I'm sure people are you know skeptical about, but move on. Uh, 
Dylan, can you guess? We're going to get into our predictions for 2022 and everything, but can you guess what the most pirated show in 2021 was? This is via Torrent Freak. Loki? No, but same same realm. Mm, what if? Uh, close. Same same starting letter. Uh, WandaVision? Yes, WandaVision was the most pirated show in 2021. Which I think makes a lot of sense, because I'd say... Well, there was less content on Disney at that point. So right, that, that was like the first thing to really, outside of the Mandalorian, like jettison the Disney Plus content for people to be like, okay, I need to get in on this, let me see what it's about, and then... Yeah. You know, everybody loves Lizzie Olsen. Um, Guilty. Facts. Um, so WandaVision gets the, the most pirated award for 2021. That comes from Torrent Freak on the Twitter machine. To get the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Also, news came out, if I'm not mistaken here, I think I bookmarked it. Because I feel like I'm the only one that is skeptical about this movie. Don't know. I know what you're going to say. I ain't on the same boat as Kyle. I know you're not, but this is fun information here. DC's The Batman will be available to stream on HBO Max starting on April 19th, following its March 4th theatrical release. I'm going to see it in the movies, I think. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to go to the movie theater to see it. And Kyle's going to love it. I'll even go with him. Um, and I'm sure he'll turn... He'll turn a cheek, as they say, and he'll be like, wow. Robert Patterson, Bruce Wayne. Good old Bob Robert. Pattinson, Bobby Pats. No, it's just that, like, Paul Dano, the guy who's playing the Riddler, is a very underrated, like, low-key, amazing actor. So I'm excited to see that character. And the actor who's playing the Penguin has done a complete transformation and looks nothing like himself. Colin Farrell, right, I believe? Yeah. So, like, I'm excited. And people forget. They get so stigmatized with Robert Patterson in Twilight. Like, the man does have a career. Like, he was really good in that movie on Netflix with Timothy Ch- uh, Chalet, the, the the one about the king. Uh, I think it was okay. called. Um, he also has a couple, like, good movies. Uh, there's one. I'm trying to think. I can't think of him off the top of my head, but I will always stand Robert Patterson. Um, I saw a thing the other day, speaking of him. They let him drive the bat car. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, they were like, yeah, like you can drive it for five minutes. Apparently he took it and like did like donuts and like tricks for like a half an hour. And then for the rest of the shoot, someone else had to be in the car with him, babying him. So all the comments were like, my man really is Bruce Wayne right now. That's incredible. I I like that. He's probably getting into character. Um, also we don't typically throw out, Oh, must follow accounts. Um, but this account I think is a must follow after stumbling upon them. It's at J the Chow. I believe it's how it is. It's at J-A-Y-T-H-E-C-H-O-U. Um, and they are tweeting out <laughs> photoshops of Paddington Bear into another movie or TV show until they forget. And they are on like day like 296. Oh my God, that's incredible. And it's absolutely hilarious. The first one I saw was 
Paddington Bear in the elevator scene from Hawkeye with Haley Steinfeld and Florence Pugh. (laughs) And it's absolute gold. Uh, Let's see if today's is out. Yeah, so today's... I don't even know what movie this is, but it's absolutely hilarious. Um, Yesterday was Loki when the, the other Lokis were revealed. And it's just Paddington Loki holding a Chihuahua Loki. Oh, my God. So, quite honestly, must follow account. Go check it out. Uh, It's made me laugh quite a bit. And before we get into our top 10 most anticipated movies and shows and theories for 2022, Dylan, I have to ask you this because Patrick Monahan tweeted this. um, Host of What a Time Pod, uh, What a Time to Be Alive. Um on the Twitter machine, he posted a graphic that says, pick a movie, keep one actor, and the rest are played by Muppets. Okay. <laughs> Endgame, Thanos is the only actor you keep. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, that'd be incredible. That'd be great. Um, Let's see. Pick a movie, keep one actor, the rest are Muppets. Um... <laughs> That or like Miracle and Ice. Have the coat have the coach. <laughs> I'm gonna go movie first. I'm gonna say you keep Leo in Inception. Can you imagine Cillian Murphy being all panicked in Muppet form? <laughs> it's just Scooter from the Muppets. Oh my god. <laughs> or Gonzo. <laughs> and then TV show. Um I'm going to say <laughs> this is going to be a good one. Um, <laughs> it's not a normal TV show. It's a game show. Uh-huh. T's and P's. We love him. Keep Alex Trebek. Every Jeopardy contestant's a Muppet. Oh, <laughs> my God. And now I guess you could say Ken Jennings. Every contestant's a Muppet. <clears throat> That's incredible. I laughed at that, and I had to bring that up because I knew we would both appreciate that. My cold's making me sound like Batman right now. (laughs) Where is it? Rachel, (laughs) where are the drugs going? So now we are going to get into our top 10 most anticipated streaming platform Uh projects, theories, all that good stuff for the year 2022. As This is our last episode for the year. Next time we talk to you guys, it'll be 2022. Um, So Christian... The the whiz, the legend, yes, the legend has it typed up a blog. Great idea. I was like, let's do this on the pod too. So we'll be going over Christian's list as well as our own. Um Dylan's got a lot of theories for his list and I, like yeah, hopes did, and I dreams. Did I did a, a mixture of both, and Christian has confirmed uh projects. Some of the dates aren't confirmed, but they're down lower on the list. But so we'll we start got the with the best of both worlds. We got me kind of going 50 50. You were like 60 40, 70 30. And Christian was just basically picking things that were already established. Right. So I have to preface this for Christian's list. Uh, he has not watched any of Stranger Things, Game of Thrones, Euphoria, or Ozark. So for his list, Stranger Things season four, House of the Dragon, and the new seasons of Euphoria and Ozark are not on his list for everybody out there. So you don't freak out. Those are excluded because he's never seen them. But we're going to start with number 10 on Christian's list is called The Killer. It's unconfirmed, 
It's allegedly coming out late 2022, but potentially early 2023. So that's why it's number 10 on his list. It's coming in Netflix. Um, this is the tagline for it. Um, a man, solitary and cold, methodical and unencumbered by scrupulous uh, or re- by scruples or regrets, the killer waits in the shadows, watching for his next target. And yet the longer he waits, the more he thinks he's losing his mind if not his cool, a brutal, bloody, and stylish noir story of a professional assassin lost in a world without a moral compass. This is a case study of a man alone, armed to the teeth, and slowly losing his mind. Uh, the script comes from Andrew. Jesus. Script comes from Andrew Kevin Walker, the writer behind. First thing, got to preface this: we don't talk about this. Fight Club. Um, oh my God! Get out. And Dylan. Uh, it's either comes out towards the end of 2022 or the middle of 2023 for Oscars purposes. But do you want to know who this movie stars? Is it someone I like? It is. Is it Michael Fassbender? It does. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so it stars Michael Fassbender uh, <clears throat> in this film. And if it comes out in 2022, I know you are going to be all over us talking about this. Uh Hell yeah. Since it's coming to Netflix. Michael Fassbender. Let's go. So, Dylan, that leads me to my number 10, which will be my first hope, theory, want for 2022. And it comes from a movie that is tied in from two Disney Plus streaming platforms and a movie that just came out. We saw the trailer for it at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home. It is out there on the interwebs now. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Please, for all that is my sanity, bring us Bufisto. Dude, I literally, I'm, I'm, I'm losing it right now on my word sheet, right? I have 11th one, and I put Kyle dot dot Mephisto dot dot question mark. Dot dot Michael Fassbender. <laughs> no, Michael Fassbender was like the third thing I put. So yeah, <clears throat> bring me Mephisto. I need it in that movie one way or another. It looks like the perfect opportunity for yeah. it to happen. Um, but I need Mephisto funny, in the MCU now. My tenth one ties into Mephisto as well. Now Dude, I don't you're number it, ten. I don't think it's in 2023, but I if, I if I have a movie that's not set to come out, then if it's already confirmed. I also put it down because a lot, a lot of these movies were running all the cast. So I put down Blade. Mm. I think Blade would be a really good film, depending upon what universe it ends up being in, to have a character like Mephisto in, because I don't know. The whole plot of the film is a man who is also a vampire, killing vampires. So I feel like a character like Ghost Rider and or Mephisto would not feel, and then maybe even Jack Russell, the werewolf, Mm-hmm. would not be out of place as cameos or little, you know, Easter eggs in this movie. And I think that's something we would all look forward to. And we all know the movies that are going to be strictly theater wise for Marvel are going to tie into the streaming platform. So that's why which Dylan and why, I are going to talk why about I brought them. them up because they're all, it's all the same universe too. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Um, so Christian's number nine, Dylan is also on my list. It is a show coming out in a couple weeks, which I'm sure we might be talking about it on the pod as well. Um, it's coming to HBO Max. That is Peacemaker. Cue the oh, John Cena music. Peacemaker coming out. stole mine too. 
That is on all of our lists, so I feel like that's a confirmed. We're going to be talking about Peacemaker on streamer season. Right, if you well, haven't seen the Suicide Squad, guys, what are you doing? John Cena was phenomenal, and now he's getting a show. Uh, the post credit scene in Suicide Squad teased it, and it's coming January 13th, I believe, to HBO Max, and I'm very excited for this show. You can go right to number uh, eight because I had that on my sheet as well, so there's no point of resurfacing the Peacemaker. Yeah, so we will uh, we'll move on to Christian's number eight, which is an unconfirmed release to Netflix. It's called Havoc. Um, the tagline is, after a drug deal goes awry, a detective must fight his way through a criminal underworld to rescue a politician's estranged son while untangling his city's dark web of conspiracy and corruption. This film, Dylan, stars some of our favorite people, Tom Hardy, Forrest Whitaker, and Timothy Oliphant. Oh, I love Timothy Oliphant. I'm all in. So um, it's, uh, yeah. Gareth Evans is uh, in charge of this. He's best known uh, for action movies called uh, The Raid and The Raid 2. Um, but this is an unconfirmed release coming to Netflix. I'm excited for this. Tom Hardy alone makes me excited for it. But Timothy Oliphant sprinkled in as well in Forrest Whitaker. Like, let's go. I feel like you're going to have the the one I'm going to say for eighth. I feel like it's on your sheet, too. Let's it hear it. I have Moon Knight because it's going to be a TV show. Moon Knight is on my list, and it is number three on Christian's list. Oh, wow. Great mind. See, that's this is live. This is the first time. So we're, we're doing this off the rip. But that's good. I mean... We're, I think we're all excited to see Oscar Isaacs as um, Moon Knight. I mean, it's <coughs> dying over here. I'm just excited to see him. I'm going to grab water real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm yeah, going to sound like I smoke packs a day. <laughs> I'm on Chantix. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm super excited for, for Oscar Isaac to come through to the MCU, um, be in the Marvel Universe as a, a character that I have been desperately waiting for Moon Knight to come through to Marvel and into the MCU, this show's bound to be a slam dunk. It's number three on Christian's list. Uh, it is number three on my list for sure. Or it's actually number two on my list. I apologize for that. Um, so yeah, Moon Knight, definitely going to be an absolute banger. <laughs> We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Sorry about that. Now I don't sound like I smoke. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're back from commercial there. Dylan's back. Um, but, yeah, Moon Knight on all of our lists, and I think for good reason. You know, Oscar Isaac is going to be an absolute slam dunk rock star. Um, Dylan, this one is the one that I talked about uh, before we started recording. This is coming to HBO Max. Um, it's called Love and Death. I stumbled upon this just doing some research before the show. Uh, Love and Death is expected to premiere on HBO Max in 2022. The American crime drama will star 
Elizabeth Olsen, Lily Robb, Jesse Plemons, Patrick Fugit, Fugit, uh, Kristen Ritter, Keir Gilchrist, and Elizabeth Marvel. The series will tell the true story of Candy Montgomery, a Texas housewife who killed her friend, Betty Gore, with an axe on Friday the 13th. And my window that I was reading the blurb about just <laughs> went boncos on me. Uh, killed on Friday the 13th in 1980. Hulu is also producing a miniseries about the horrific event titled uh, Candy. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen alone, like, sign me up. And, like, the story sounds hella intriguing. Um, so, yeah, sign me up. HBO Max, uh, Love and Death is on my list. Yeah, I sign me up as well. It sounds interesting. Um, I guess next on my list I had... A movie I'm looking forward to, but it's going to tie into everything Marvel related. I mostly I, just, I did all Marvel, by the way, people. Um, I, it was just topical, and honestly, it was easier for me to brain blast Marvel stuff than the whole interwebs because I work a lot. But I have Thor: Love and Thunder. We are getting crazy new introductions like Zeus by Russell Crowe, and we obviously have Natalie Portman. Who got buff, and she's gonna be Lady Thor, and that's gonna have implications on the show as we see. And let's not forget the king, Christian Bale, Gore the God Butcher. Exactly, exactly. So that's something that I'm not sure if Christian or you had that, but yeah, we did not have that. But I am beyond excited. Like that's gonna be summer box office slam dunk. Um, Christian's next one, number seven on his list is a series for HBO Max called Our Flag Means Death. Um, oh, yeah, I saw that. Taika Waititi, EPing and starring in a pirate comedy series that feels what we do in the shadows-ish. Uh, he's very excited for it. Our Flag Means Death, series for HBO Max with Taika Waititi. Like, yeah, Taika's a rock star. Uh, my next one, Dylan, uh, since we just did the Book of Boba Fett, I think this is the series that every Star Wars fan in 2022 is looking forward to the most. <laughs> It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, my God. Kyle, you're stealing my thunder. Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, with all of the original actors coming back, uh, kind of filling in that, that gray area in the Star Wars timeline, and all the new cast members, too. Like, Kamel Nanjiani is in this show. Like, I'm so excited for Obi-Wan. You stole that one, but I, I, all my shows and movies are, are uh, picked up or covered. But I will go on, like Kyle and I said, I had five that were like theories, but they could very well be introduced, and some of them will be in TV shows shortly. So I have, oh my god, this is stupid, but I have no the actors for Fantastic Four. We know Fantastic Four is slated, I think, in 2023 or four. It's not that far away. So you would think they're going to have to start filming if they already haven't. So can we goddamn know the actors? And is it going to be John Krasinski and Emily right. Ball? Just give us the actors in 2022. That's all we need. That's. I mean, I think that's fair. If it comes out, I think it comes out in 24, right? I'm it's either not... 23 or 24, yeah. So we know movies take two to three years to make. So they're going to have to release it sooner than later. And I, th I think I speak for everyone. We want John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. 100%. Uh... So I will go to Christian's next one, number six. It's a series for HBO Max as well. Uh, it's called Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Uh, so Adam McKay is producing this. Just did Don't Look Up. He's done the big short. 
Um, so this series is about the Showtime Lakers, starring John C. Riley. Obviously, everybody knows him from Step Brothers uh, as Jerry Buss, and a wild cast of actors like Adrian Brody as Pat Riley. I, I mean, isn't uh, Machine Gun Kelly Larry Bird? He might be. I feel like I saw that somewhere. Um, let's see. What is this called again? Winning time. Uh, so the cast here. Uh, no, so Sean Patrick Small is going to be Larry Bird. Hmm. Um, who else is in here? Let's see. Anybody of note? Quincy Isaiah will be Magic Johnson. Hadley Robinson is going to be Genie Bus. Um, Molly Gordon is going to be Linda Zephrani. Um, Jason Clark is going to be Jerry West. Jason Siegel is going to be in this. Um, who else? Anybody of note that I can recognize off rip? Not off rip, but I mean, I think this is going to be awesome. I'm excited to see John C. Riley in like a pseudo serious role. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, huh? Um, and I love Adrian Brody, so him as Pat mm -hmm. Riley is a slam dunk casting job. Um, my next one, Dylan. I saw this news yesterday. This is coming from KBS World TV, which is uh, Korean broadcasting. Um, Netflix is nearing a deal for two more seasons of Squid Game, according to series creator Huang Gan Hyuk. Quote, I'm in talks with Netflix over season two as well as season three. We will come to a conclusion anytime soon. So if we can get confirmation on Squid Game season two for 2022, sign me up. I'd be okay with that. Um, so for my next one, which could be next year, <clears throat> I think it's a holiday special. Um, the introduction of Nova. Yes, which would with be in Guardians the, of the Galaxy holiday special. Yes, sir. Um, James I Gunn teased that, so that's also not teasing Nova, but teased that there's going to be a big character reveal in that show. So I feel like that would be a cool nod to the comics, and it'd be a cool character to come to life. This next one is Christian's number one. It's also on my list. It's a movie. I'm sure it's going to be on your list once uh, I read this one to you because it's coming next year. I'm already getting ready to highlight it. So what is it? Knives Out 2, brother. Okay, so I actually don't have that on my list, but I do want to see that. I haven't seen the first one still. Really? Yeah. I, I feel like it's right up your alley. You'd really enjoy Knives Out. Is Daniel Craig good in it? He's awesome. So Daniel Craig is going to be the mainstay of all the Knives Out movies. And then the oh, yeah. cast is going to change every movie. So let me read off the season, the Knives Out 2 cast for you. Um, because if you thought the first cast was loaded, ladies and gentlemen, this cast is Bonkos. So Daniel Craig obviously returning. Uh, we have Madeline Klein, Dave Bautista, Catherine Hahn, oh Jessica Henwick, Ed Norton, Kate Hudson, Janelle Monet. Leslie Odom Jr., Jada Pinkett Smith, and Ethan Hawke. Oh, Ethan Hawke. He's, he's, he's going to be a bad guy in uh, Moon Knight. Yes. That is the Knives Out. It's like the Marvel meets Hamilton meets the music industry. A whole loaded cast. Very excited for this movie. I, th I think it's going to be a slam dunk project. Um, 
and Netflix has the rights for the next two, maybe three Knives Out movies too. They paid a boatload of money for them, which I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, so Knives Out Two is on my list, and it's also on Christian's list, and it's his number one most anticipated um, projects for 2022. So I'll go with my next one. Uh, this is really topical. I sent Kyle yesterday night, I think. Um, Norman Reedus posted himself mm. with fan art as Ghost Rider. Um, for those of you who don't know who that is, as the actor who plays Daryl in The Walking Dead. Very badass looking dude. He just fits the part of Ghost Rider like more than Nick Cage ever did. No yes. So it would be interesting. And yeah, I don't know if it's coming out in 2022, but once again, that news could drop soon. Or yeah, tease it to us in 22. Or we get a cameo in a show with him, or etc. Point is, I think that deserves a spot on the list because um, I would love to see that happen. My next one, Dylan, is uh, probably not something you'd expect from me. Uh, I also don't have the streaming platform yet to watch it, but I will be getting it because uh, <coughs> I really want to see this show, mostly because it's the return of the Queen. How I Met Your Father, Hillary Duff. Let's ride. Hey. I need it. I saw clips and, and trailers for this show. It's the spinoff of How I Met Your Mother, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Sarah really, really enjoys it. Um, How I Met Your Father, starring Hilary Duff. Need it. Very excited. Return of the Queen. Let's go. Can't wait. How I Met Your Father. It's on Hulu, I believe. I'm okay with that. I actually have two movies written down for my last two. I only have two left because uh, we shared one, right. two, three, four, five of the Great same minds. Games. You, me, and Christian alike. And you already know what one of them's going to be. We talked about it earlier on the show. It's the thing that you're skeptical for. That will be on HBO Max in April, and we will talk about it in April. Hell yeah, brother. I can't The Batman. No, I, I, I didn't know if that was on Christian's list. I, I doubt it, but maybe. It was not on his list. I don't know if he's a Batman guy, but I just had to get that out he's, there. He's dummy excited for this movie. Like, for sends Batman? me trailers all the time, and he's like, I know you're skeptical about this, but I need this movie, like, now. Like, he's stupid excited. I just don't think he knew it was coming to HBO Max when he did his list. But it will be on H That was only reported yesterday, too, so. Uh, next on Christian's list is another Netflix project called White Noise. Uh, Multiple-time Oscar nominee Noah Baumbach returns to Netflix with another romance film. This time he is adapting the famously challenging novel White Noise, starring Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig. Uh, the movie tagline reads, Jack Gladney, professor of Hitler studies at the College on the Hill, husband to Babette and father to four children, stepchildren, is torn asunder by the airborne toxic event, a cataclysmic train accident that casts chemical waste over his town. White noise coming to Netflix. That is number five on Christian's list. Uh, and I'll read number four on his list as well. It's season three of the Umbrella Academy. Uh, Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance. This is his brainchild. Um, Christian's a big fan of this show. It's something that like is on my watch list to get into. Uh, but the Umbrella Academy season three, number four on Christian's list. And next on my list, Dylan, is uh, coming on January 1st. And we'll be talking about it. We're going to have a couple of Wizard alumni 
on here as well. Twentieth ah, anniversary Harry Potter event going back to Hogwarts coming January first. I'm excited for it just because like Harry Potter like came out like right during the peak of our childhood and carried us all the way through high school. Like it's gonna be fun to kind of just see those actors and everybody kind of relive the moments and relive the magic. Yeah, um, my one of my last movies that I have. Um, you might have seen a trailer for this. I think they showed a trailer when we saw we didn't see it together, but when I saw Spider Man, it's called The Northman. The Northman. Okay. It's like an Icelandic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like a two sentence. So it's written by an Icelandic poet and novelist. Northman is described as a grounded story set in Iceland at the turn of the 10th century. The centers on a Nordic prince who seeks revenge for the death of his father. Now, let me read this acting. The, the this cast is. So we have both two Stasgard brothers and Alexander, the taller one who was most recently in that um, Netflix show was like something fiber carbon something. Okay. And then Bill Starsgard, who is Pennywise. And then we have Anna Taylor Joy and Nicole Kidman. And then we have the actor who plays the big guy in Game of Thrones uh, is he's playing a character in this movie called Thor. Um, and then we have Ethan Hawke, and then we have William Dafoe. Come on. If that's not a very interesting cast, and William Dafoe in the trailer is seen making t- like typical creepy William Dafoe like faces and gestures, and I'm just and it's set like really dark, like the the way it's filmed. I'm like, yes. The I'm more like, we've read off lists, is 2022 the year of Ethan Hawke? Yeah, I mean Ethan Hawke's not a bad actor. Not at all, but it, like I feel like I haven't heard his name in a while, and now like Moon Knight, Knives Out Two, this project you just read out, like it seems like Ethan Hawke has a lot coming out this year. I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time is with him and Denzel Washington. Was that Training Day? Right. Yep. Yeah, that's that's, that's a good that's a good cop flick. Dylan, I I have one that I'm gonna add to your list when we wrap up that you're gonna like should have had a V8, not a sponsor yourself because mm-hmm. i know this is going to be on your list i'm sure it is uh but next on christian's list his number three was moon knight so number two on christian's list the one we haven't mentioned this one's coming to theaters and apple tv uh it's called killers of the flower moon martin scorsese directing starring leonardo dicaprio robert de niro brendan frazier and jesse plemons Shot I by heard Brendan Fraser's name. I'm all in, baby. All in, baby. We stand Brendan Fraser on this podcast. Uh, it's shot by three-time Oscar nominee Rodrigo Prieto. Uh, it's a Western crime drama based on the 2017 nonfiction book by the same name, uh, written by David Grant. Uh, so the story chronicles members of the Osage tribe in the United States being murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s sparking a major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. Oh. Sounds right up your alley with the Western stuff, too. Yeah, and it's, like, crimey. Yeah, you're right. I probably should have had this on my list. Like I said, I just kind of got wrapped up in Marvel. So it was just easier. But I had a couple regular movies on there. But, no, that's, that's I would definitely watch this film. So the one that I have for you that is definitely going to be on your list, and it's coming next September, so September 2nd, 2022, to Amazon, which we haven't really had too many Amazon series to talk about much. Like, our first episode was an Amazon show um, with Hunters, but uh, Amazon Prime will be the home, Dylan, to a series that you're very excited about. It's going to be eight episodes starring 
Robert Aramayo, Joseph Mala, Cynthia Adai Robinson, Augustus Prue, and Benjamin Walker. It's the Lord of the Rings series coming to oh, Amazon. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also skeptical because none of the other, none of the old actors wanted to return. So that kind of rubs me the wrong way. It will be set thousands of years prior to the events of the Lord of the oh, Rings. Well, and the that makes sense then. So Why none is... of them returns because they weren't born. <laughs> so September second, twenty twenty two, and I'm sure you're also having it on your list, but skeptical. House of the Dragon, HBO Max, Game of Thrones. Joel. Yeah, those are. It's funny you said that because those are two titles that I'm excited for, but like might never watch again after two episodes. Kind of vibe. Yeah, I feel like that's one, those things are like wait and see how they play out for you. But my number one, Dylan, you already know. Summer 2022, baby. Stranger Things season four is here. Let's go. Let's ride our guy David Harbor back. Millie Bobby Brown back. Gaten Manzaro back. I I can't contain my ex. Stranger Things season four. I can't wait to podcast about this show. Like we are going to do so much leading up to that show and then breaking it all down when it comes out. Injected into my veins. Let's go back to Mother Russia. Stranger Things season nah. four, number one on my list, hands down. No cap. All Iron Man. Let's ride Stranger Things season four. We're doing the damn thing. We're doing the damn thing. I mean, I that's I I'm I have one more that I read because I wrote down a couple in case. So this might not be number one per se, but this is definitely top tier. Uh, I'm looking forward to the new Into the Spider Verse movie. Yes. I think that's something that people are kind of forgetting about just because of the recent Spider-Man hype. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think one omission that none of us had, which I know you and I are probably excited for, I'm assuming Christian, is the Lightyear movie. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm excited that that's in theaters, like, exclusively. So, like, I'm totally going to go see that. And, like, it's just going to be awesome. Like, Chris Evans is Buzz Lightyear, man. Like, come on. My man got Captain America and Buzz Lightyear. Uh, he's counting off all the buzz cards for like iconic characters in life. He's also in Knives Out one. Yeah, I, I know he's a douchebag in that movie. It's yeah. so great. He's awesome. Um, trying to think if there's any like, obviously like there's a ton of Marvel projects. Like well, I'm dummy I'm excited happy. for Secret Invasion. I have to watch the first one now because you told me Daniel Craig's in the second one. So I he's know gonna be in all of them. He's the one he like guy. He's like the steady QB. In all of these movies, well, he's, so. he's a detective, right? That's the whole he's yeah. a private investigator. Yeah, that's all. Um, and obviously, you guys know we're dummy pumped for all the Marvel shows coming out. Moon Knight is near and dear to Dylan and I because we <laughs> like the character, we like the story premise, and we the love actor. Oscar Isaac. Um, I'm also excited for Secret Invasion. Dylan and I are obviously super excited for Marvel Zombies. Um, House of, of Harkness, stuff. obviously, like we're dummy excited for. It's a whole bunch of stuff. That we're going to be covering in 2022, and this is just a little taste, a little sprinkle, a little sprinkle of flavor here for the palate as we close out 2021. But Dylan, I think to wrap up 2021 in the best possible way, um, what was your favorite project that we, we covered? covered in 2021? Favorite project that we covered would be Loki. And I know yours is Wandavision, <laughs> so. I'm going to say there was a lot that we did in 2021. Okay, so I'll do favorite TV show, like program that we covered would be Loki. 
and favorite movie that we talked about would because we haven't talked about that many movies so i'm trying to think um, which probably, will change coming into the new yes. year because there are a lot more movies coming um, to the streaming platforms too it would probably be mm, i'm not gonna say spider-man because it's so recent i actually enjoy really enjoy when we talked about the suicide squad that was really enjoyable for me which is a good film it was up our kind of alley of humor and gore um and the CP Davidson die like five seconds and still makes me giggle. Um, so great. It was actually a video I found Nathan Fillion poking him, mm-hmm. and he was like, You don't look so good, Pete. Um, but no, so I would say that for a movie, and then for film, it would be Loki, yeah, or for show, for Loki. show. Um, so we kicked off 2020. The, we're gonna review, I'm just gonna go down the line of all the projects we talked about <laughs> on the show. Uh, this year in 2021, we kicked it off New Year's Day. The episode dropped. Uh, we we did Disney Disney and Pixar Soul, which was an awesome movie that came out in 2020. Sad. We reviewed it. Such a good movie. Um, that was our first episode of 2021. And then uh, we kicked it off with the MCU, and we went right into WandaVision, brother. We did a whole run of WandaVision. Um we, myself and our boy Cam Justice, we did HBO Max's Judas and the Black Messiah, which is a phenomenal movie. It's back on HBO Max. If you haven't watched it, please check it out. Daniel Kaluuya is phenomenal in there. So is Lakeith Stanfield. Whole movie, just really, really good. That was at the end of February. Uh, we wrapped up with WandaVision. Myself and the boy Tony Daddy, we did HBO Max's Tom and Jerry movie, uh, which was a lot of fun to talk about. And then the springtime came, Dylan. And we dove into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was a lot of fun to talk about. We got a lot of new MCU introductions there. Um, then we did kind of a, a teaser episode of just news, and that's how we integrated like the news segment into the show. So kind of switched up the format just a bit. And then the summertime shined, and uh, we got into uh, Loki, which was your favorite project of 2021. And then myself and the lovely Carmen Bryant, we did HBO Max's In the Heights, which was phenomenal. That's back on HBO Max as well. If you haven't checked that out, definitely do so. Um, Then we had our Black Widow review. We had first guest in podcast history with Mike Horowitz coming on. Uh, It was a producer for uh, Turner and Hooch on on Disney+. Uh, And Dylan, honestly, we talked about it in July. There was a king-sized Reddit leak, and it happened. That was back in July that we talked about that. Uh, and then we kicked off the month of August reviewing Suicide Squad. We got the first episode of What If, and we went on the What If uh, run of things. Uh, we had a whole bunch of news and notes drop. Uh, we talked about All Hail the King coming out very perfectly timed the week before Shang-Chi. Uh, Seinfeld came to Netflix this year. Um, crazy. We, we got Stranger Things trailer teasers, which was great. Uh, then we had, uh, you know, Steve from Blue's Clues being proud of us back in September. Uh, that hurt. That felt good. <laughs> Uh, we had the announcement of, uh, the Netflix to dumb event. That was cool. Um, a whole lot of fun stuff there. We did it. We didn't finish recapping this, uh, but star Wars visions. Yeah. It's something we'll have to do eventually. We'll have to cycle back to it. Now that we're back in a star Wars vibe now too. Um, we did our to dumb live stream, which was awesome. Um, we had, let's see, we had the, 
Disney Plus What If wrap up, and then obviously Squid Game breaking the internet. Um, we had the rumors of the Agatha Harkness spinoff, and then it actually is happening. Um, we had Hayden Christensen all the way back, confirmed back for Obi-Wan. Uh, we did our non-spoiler review of Dune, and then uh, we had the Book of Boba Fett trailer reaction just about a month and a half ago. Stranger Things Day come through. Uh, Big Mouth Season 5 was absolutely hilarious. Um, back in November 12th, we had Daredevil coming back, question mark. Uh, we had oh, Disney yeah. Plus Day uh, recaps. Um we talked about video game TV shows and movies being produced at an all-time high. And then uh, we had, obviously, Hawkeye that we just wrapped up last week with the return of Kingpin. Big Daddy Kingpin is back. And uh, now we're on to the Book of Boba Fett for the final installation of 2021 heading into 2022. We did a lot this year, man. We did, and I'm honestly proud to have done it with you. Not to be cliche. Um, it was good. Yeah, dab. Uh, no, it's it's exciting, and I'm sure we'll have more content to go forward with in the upcoming year. And this is a great time for me to always say the thing I say like a broken record. If you have a TV show, movie on one of the streaming services that Kyle have access to, or even tweet at us, even if it's on Paramount, I'll try to find someone who has Paramount. We have it, so I can give you the log. There you go. There you go. So my point is, we'll watch it. Like I, I, I don't have that much free time, but when I do and I had nothing else to do, or it's a laid back, I genuinely love watching a television streaming service show and or a movie. So please let me know. Like you're, you're helping me and you're helping yourself because I'll facts. let you know if what you recommended me is awesome or if we have different taste. Big facts. So let us know. Uh, we eclipsed over a thousand plays on the podcast. Now that we kind of have a format down and we're, we're getting into the swing of things with Dylan and myself and obviously interchanging guests throughout the, uh, the streamer season multiverse with, our boy Tony Daddy coming through. Hopefully in 2022 we get more guest interviews. Having Mike Horowitz on was an absolute blast uh, to talk about his experiences in Hollywood and the Turner and Hooch production and everything. So we're going to look to 2022 as potentially getting more TV and movie guests on the show as well if we can make it happen. And uh, it's all thanks to you guys. So big thanks to the support in 2021 because we absolutely enjoyed this entire run for this year. Uh, we covered a ton of projects. We did every single Marvel project uh, that came out, which was very, very awesome to me and Dylan uh, to be able to bang those out week by week. It was so much fun. Just kind of the the conspiracies, the tinfoil hat theories. Mephisto, the Michael Mephisto, Mikey Faz, uh, you know, Stranger Things, you know, the, the big three of, of this podcast. Um we're taking this show to new heights in 2022. Best believe. I actually literally just bought something in, in for the pot. Like, hey, podcast. So I bought baby Yoda socks. Let's go. Because I have to wear nice clothes for work, everyone. So I figured I got to step up the sock game. So we love to see it for Star Wars. That's what I was doing. I was getting my clothes away. But no, for Star Wars, you got to represent, you know, got to represent 2022. We're coming bigger and badder with the streaming platform, TV shows and movies. So stay tuned for everything we got planned because there's a lot coming. And that's why you got to follow us on social media at streamer SZN on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Dylan at Dylan Mazzola. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Follow the network at Underground PHI. Check out the website. You'll be able to check out Christian's blog uh, for his top 10 most anticipated projects coming to streaming platforms in 2022 at UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. 
And like we always say, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts with show recommendations, your favorite project of 2021 that came to a streaming platform, stuff we might have missed that we can review in 2022. Let us know in the podcast reviews. Tweet at us as well. But if you have Apple Podcasts, it really helps the show, really helps more people find the show and boosts us up in the uh, the podcasting multiverse as well. And now on Spotify, the Spotify users blow up our five-star ratings on Spotify. They now have podcast ratings, five stars on Spotify, five stars on Apple. Wherever you get your podcast, you can check us out there. Big thank you to the sponsors, the sponsors, Tomahawk Shades, Stateside Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use our code USP at checkout to get 25% off your entire order. Sunglasses, blue light glasses, hoodies, shirts, hats, watches, anything. TomahawkShades.com. Promo code USP for 25% off. Stateside Vodka. Get the vodka iced teas. Non-carbonated. Barely any sugars. It's like 2 grams of sugar. 100 calories. StatesideVodka.com. Surfside iced teas. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Dylan, any final thoughts as we head into the new year? Oh, I was muted for a second. I was checking my work emails. I want you guys to hear (laughs) stuff. Um, No. So, first and foremost, everyone have a good New Year's. Don't be that person who says see you next year in person. It's cringe. So I'll do but, it through the computer. See you next year. <laughs> and I'm going to go beat Kyle up when I'm not sick. Uh, no, but everyone stay safe. Enjoy the holiday. Uh, hopefully you're off for it. Um, and then secondly, or I guess thirdly, um, let's just all get excited over the new projects that are yet to come because Kyle and I will get to cover it and you'll get to listen. And we appreciate the listens. And also, like I used to say, um, get us more listens and I'll buy more dumb stuff that I'll regret. I mean, I just showed you my baby Yoda socks. I have a lightsaber. Um, I did find a Boba Fett helmet on Amazon. So if we get an eclipse of followers, maybe I'll buy that. So help me help you. I mean, you're not really helping me, but I'm helping you, you know, so help the world. And hey, I might be adding more to the, the nerd cave down here. So once we finish setting up studio B studio season over, uh, where we record a couple episodes of, of Hawkeye might have a little new aesthetic vibe to it um, heading into 2022. So stay tuned for that. We appreciate you guys. Like this podcast happens because of the cool listeners we've been able to meet through the Twitter machine, through Instagram and everything. And uh, you guys make this podcast happen. So big thank you to all the listeners through 2021. And here's to an absurd Boncos 2022 that we're about to embark on with streaming platform, TV shows, and movies. Dylan, it's it's uh, coming up, too, on the two-year anniversary since we dropped the original commercial for streamer season during the Super Bowl. And I love it. I mean, it's just it's been a fun ride, and this is exciting. It's a great way to wrap up the episode. I just I genuinely like this. It keeps me accountable. Uh, Kyle, the show indirectly makes me stay on top of watching certain shows. Same. Um, we know I can get behind. I mean, I still haven't been in Squid Game, so <laughs> like, there's clearly gaps. Um, and this show helps me keep accountable for certain ones, at least. So it's good. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, so strap in, get on your couch, grab a snack, turn on the podcast, and uh, we'll have some fun announcements heading into the new year that you'll stay tuned for on the social medias. But thank you guys for a very fun, electric, and entertaining 2021 and we will see you guys in the new year. But until then, keep on streaming.